Live from the downtown studio, the Flames Talk postgame show starts now. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Okay, let's get our Flames Talk postgame show underway as the Flames take a 6-2 victory over the Arizona Coyotes. They've now won two in a row, and in both of those games, Flames have scored six, and uh, that's a big win over a Coyotes team and a uh, Flames team that rode a red-hot first period to an impressive victory in the desert tonight. Welcome to our Flames Talk postgame show. It's Pat Steinberg along with you. Phone lines are open at 403-240-4444. Text line open at 9. 960. We're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Pat Steinberg along with you, Megan Mickelson, and Derek Wills with us as well. Mick, it's kind of hard to uh, actually, I'll get to you in just a second. I see we got a guest, so uh, we will uh, pause before we uh, get your thoughts on the game because we're going to head back to Mullet Arena in Arizona right now and get some immediate post-game reaction following a 6-2 victory. This gentleman made 33 saves in a 6-2 win over Arizona as the Flames come away with a very impressive win. Let's welcome in Flames goaltender Jacob Markstrom on our Flames Talk postgame show right now. Jacob, really appreciate the time. Uh, how'd you like the way the group played in front of you tonight? A hot start, and uh, you wrote it to an impressive win. What did you think watching that one and uh, being a part of that one tonight? Yeah, it was, uh, you know, obviously a great start from our group. Uh, you know, we wanted to come out and really put pressure on them and uh you know scoring three goals right away and uh uh you know especially in front of our uh you know dads and brothers it's uh it's uh it's always special so it's uh it was a good way to start the the, the dad brother trip you know, Jacob, I, the, the, the way this game went, the group opens up a, a 4-1 lead. You know Arizona is going to push, and, and they did in the second period. They score the one goal, but how did you like the way that the, the group handled Arizona pushing and then kind of put them away in the third period? Yeah, no, you know, it, it was an impressive game overall, and, uh, you know, there were times we were, where they were pushing and pressing a bit, but uh, you know, I thought we were blocking shots and you know not taking many penalties and uh, uh, you know, and then like you said in the third, we we, we came out and uh, you know score a few goals and kill the game right there. So you know, a really impressive win by by the guys. Jacob, if I were to tell you that uh, your boy Chris Tanev blocked nine more shots in this game tonight, would that surprise you? No, <laughs> no, that's I think that's his average for this season. So you know they. The last, the last 10, 15 years, yeah, I think that's that's the standard. So it's uh, it's impressive. Uh, Jacob, and, and you mentioned uh, the dads and brothers trip going on right now, and, and it kind of technically started Tuesday with the win over Ottawa. But uh, to have a win like this, and, and you can hear in the background, it's a, it's a pretty raucous atmosphere. You've got a, a flight now to Vegas to take. Just uh, what what uh, what can you describe kind of the, the feel and uh, what it's like being around the room right now? Uh, you know, it's obviously a great mood, and it's, uh, you know, it's really good to see, you know, uh, all the players, uh, you know, fathers or uh, a couple brothers here on the team as well, and and you, you really see where they where they get their personality from. And, uh, <laughs> and so, so it's, uh, you know, it's fun to, to meet all the dads, and, uh, you know, you, you get a little closer as a group as well, I think. So, so you know, I thought this came, uh, it came at a great time for us. Jacob, really appreciate the time tonight. Congratulations on the win. Thanks so much for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having me.
That is Jacob Markstrom. He's your winning goaltender tonight. Actually comes away making 33 stops, so that'll bump the save percentage a little bit as he continues to play some really hot hockey. And, and I also think it's important to point out that Jacob will be above the 500 mark for the first time, I believe, going back to right around when the Flames were last above the 500 mark You know, prior to this uh, last tenure. But going all the way back to October, that's a big mark for Jacob as well. He was very strong in the second period to make sure Arizona didn't really get any momentum. Thanks to Jacob Markstrom for joining us from Arizona. Now uh, Mick and Derek with us as well. 6-2 final score on the road in Arizona. Flames talk postgame is well underway. And Mick, just before we got to Jacob, was just going to say, I mean, they, they get off to a red-hot start and, and kind of just rode it from there and, and never really got hairy in this game. Like, I, I know the Coyotes could have got a lot of rubber towards the net in the second and got back within two, but uh, I, I don't think any of of us ever felt like this one was going to get away on the Flames and, and even when Arizona was at their best it felt like the Flames were pretty in control yeah for me it was the start that really set the tone for the game and you know mentioned to Wilsey that when you have your captain who's playing in his 950th game taking over second place for games played by a Flames player and the way that Michael Backlund scored that goal 20 seconds into the game, I mean, that really sets the tone for your group. So from a leadership standpoint, to be able to score that goal and to have that start, I mean, that's huge. And then they just kind of, they took off from there and they, they really built on it. And even though there was a bit of a lull in the second period, which in games like this, when you score that many goals to start, like it's really hard yeah. to keep your level of play at that pace, at that speed uh, and in terms of production as well so that's to be expected to get that little bit of a lull and a bit of a pushback but for me it's the response from the team and the way that they played in the third period Jacob Markstrom making the saves in the second the way that he did was crucial and then obviously the specialty teams I mean you win the specialty teams battle uh, and you set yourself up um, for success in a lot of ways so a lot of things to like in this game but for me it's you know the start um, and then the consistency with which they played with in terms of their energy and the way that they managed the game from start to finish a perfect start to this game here's why Michael Backlund passing Mark Giordano playing in his 950th game as a member of the Calgary Flames second most in franchise history scores right off the opening faceoff 20 seconds in what a great way to set the tone and here's something that Surprised even me when I just kind of stumbled upon it looking at my prep sheet after the game. And as you can see, I've got just about every stat under the sun on this yep. sheet. <laughs> so the Flames are now 19-18-5. Ten of their 19 wins have been come from behind wins. They've been chasing the entire season. They've been chasing the season, and they've been chasing in almost every game this season. They didn't chase this game at all. They were in control from start to finish, even in the second when the Coyotes pushed a little bit, like you guys have talked about. I was never really worried about this game getting away from the Flames. If the Coyotes had made it a one-goal game, uh, maybe I would have felt differently, but it, it just never felt like it wasn't going to be the Flames' night. They controlled this game from start to finish, played pretty close to a full 60 minutes, and score six for a second straight game. And for a team that's trying to build confidence and build momentum... Uh, I think it's 
important to win first and foremost, but if you can score a bunch of goals when you win, I think that's uh, even better. So, yeah, really impressive performance uh, in front of the Fathers tonight, and now a much tougher test. You beat a Coyotes team that was three games above 500 and one point ahead of you in the standings tonight, and now you head to Vegas, maybe the hardest building in the league to play in against the defending Stanley Cup champion Golden Knights. Uh, hopefully the dads bring the boys some more good luck in that game. If they could win that one and get to two games above 500. For the first time this season, that would be absolutely huge for them. Uh, marquee matchup brought to you by Country Hills Toyota. Looking at uh, the fact that this was a, a game, uh, a team that was one point ahead of you. Now they're one point ahead of the Coyotes. Flames have actually won their last three of those uh, four-point games. They beat Minnesota. Wild feel like they're falling out of this one with all their injuries. Nashville they beat. And, of course, in this game, uh, they beat the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, first of three meetings with Arizona this season. Uh, Flames have now won back-to-back -back games. Uh, let's tonight's hardest working flame brought to you by canyon plumbing and heating are you the hardest working plumber or hvac tech canyon's hiring send resumes to jobs at canyonplumbing.com mick which way uh, you lean in for tonight's hardest working flame well, i'm gonna go with yegor sharingovich and not just because he scored three goals but just his stat line across the board I think it really paints a good picture of the complete game that he played he's so good in the defensive zone and his positioning his stick positioning he's stellar on the penalty kill and then five on five as well contributing offensively and on the power play as well but just the way that he continues to find ways to get into the right places in the offensive zone to get the puck and to get really good quality scoring opportunities. And he's, I think, starting to figure out how he needs to play alongside Jonathan Huberto uh, to continue to produce offensively. So just Yegor Sharangovich, just a, a complete game from him once again. Obviously have a, a massive appreciation for the way that he plays on the defensive side of the game. So that I noticed that a lot as well uh, outside of the offensive production. There is your hardest working flame brought to you by Canyon Plumbing and Heating. Want to get recognized and rewarded for your achievements? Learn from the best. Send your resume to jobs at canyonplumbing.com. We'll hear from head coach Ryan Huska very shortly following his team's 6-2 win over the Arizona Coyotes at Mullet Arena tonight. Kickoff a two-game road trip through the Southwest U.S. But before we get there, let's get some final thoughts from our broadcast crew of Megan Mickelson and Derek Will, starting with Mick tonight. Yeah, just a, a really solid game to build off of after, you know, the win over Ottawa. And, you know, that's the key is that they continue to build. And Ryan Huska said it uh, in the media, just that they have to continue to build their game. So, again, we see this team take, you know, a step forward. Now the key is not to take a step back. So, you know, the goal, of course, is is to continue to build. You take away the good things from this game in terms of the offense and the complete game that they played, but you have to keep it rolling. You talked about Yegor Sharangovich. So I was just scrolling through my Twitter or X feed after the game, and someone posted something from the day of the trade when the Flames sent last year's leading goal scorer and point producer, Tyler Toffoli, to the Devils for Yegor Sharangovich and a third-round pick. And there was a, a trade grade on there. It said A-plus for the Devils, F for Craig Conroy and the Flames. Well, here we are. 
42 games into the season, and Tyler Toffoli, and this is not a knock on Tyler, really like him as a player, 16 goals, 13 assists, 29 points. Yegor Sharangovich, 17 goals, 13 assists, 30 points. One more goal, one mm. more point for uh, the player who got an F grade uh, from that uh, particular media outlet on that trade that Craig Conroy made, which is looking better and better by the day. And to your point, Megan, he doesn't just score goals. He's not a one-trick pony. He, he works hard without the puck. He's a good 200-foot player, and he's 25 years old and should continue to get better. And I think it's his emergence that have has helped Elias Lindholm and Jonathan Huberto. Mm-hmm. That line did not work when they tried it early this season, and now it's working really, really well, and I think it's because he's playing at such a high level. His one-timer compliments Jonathan Huberto, who's the best passer on the team. Elias Lindholm's doing his thing, so those three guys have been a lot of fun to watch. They certainly were tonight, and of course, uh, big first period for Blake Coleman. <laughs> Another three points for him. Just an incredible season that he's having, but... Fun hockey game. Must have been a lot of fun for the dads to watch it at Mullet Arena. Uh, Looks like a really cool venue, and there were a lot of Flames fans there tonight. So uh, I'm told they actually started the wave when the Flames really took control of the hockey game in the third period. But they score six for a second straight game. They win a second straight game. They're above 500 again. They're just two points out of a playoff spot in the Western Conference. Uh, Things are trending up for this team. And uh, they'll get a day off uh, to hang out with their dads in Las Vegas. And then a big game coming up against the Golden Knights on Saturday. And that feels like a game that could really, I mean, really be a springboard. And they've played well against the defending Stanley Cup champions the last couple of seasons. So we'll see see if they can get a rare win at T-Mobile Arena and move to two games above 500 for the first time in this 2023-2024 season. And if you can do that by beating the defending champs, I think you'd be cooking with gas at that point. Uh, Talk to you tomorrow, friends. Thank you. Good night, Pat. Derek Wills, Megan Mickelson signing off on this Thursday night. Flames win 6-2 in Arizona to get this uh, quick little two-game road trip off to a good start. Let's hear from head coach Ryan Huska, who just uh, finished at Mullet Arena a few minutes ago. Uh, I'm sure you look at starts and, and hope for ones uh, that look pretty close to that one. What did you think about your starts? I loved it tonight. There was a lot of good that we did early on in the game. I think the lineup read that we, we used tonight probably put us over the top. Um, but when you get a lead like that, it's hard for teams to come back on. So I was really pleased with it. We need we need more of those. I was going to say, so the dads do get uh, the unofficial assist on that money? For sure, they do. They were really good in the room. Uh, what about, um, you know, obviously that's a 4-2 game. You're still you know up in the air going in the third period. But what about just the way that you manage that third? Uh, the first 15 minutes of the third, I really liked us in the neutral zone. Whereas in the second period, I thought we gave them too much room through the middle of the ice and we allowed them easier access to our zone. And we had to rely on Jacob a little bit too much there. So much better in the third period when the guys made some little small adjustments. Yeah, do, you, do you ever remember coming off the ice and being mobbed like that no, before? I didn't even know they were going to be there, so it, it was actually a funny moment. And they were it's neat. That's what makes these trips uh, um, really what it's all about. So it, it was neat to see that. Yeah. And no question, these guys, I, I, know, I know you credit the opening lineup for me, but just them being there, yeah. it was amazing how much spark they had from the start. Oh, sure. And I, it's a lot of it. You always want to play well for your dad, whether you're a young kid or you're an NHL player that makes a lot of money. When dad's around, um, the guys tend to play better. Um, 
and even you know probably so when they watch on TV I'm sure there's phone calls after the game that they get from dads as well because they love their kids and they want to see them have success so it, it goes both ways when the players want to perform well when they're in the stands for sure. You'll take eight goals in two periods all the time again. Sure absolutely. Four on Thursday and four on Tuesday and four on Thursday night. Yeah absolutely it's it's um, if you can find a way to score without opening yourself up, that's what you want to do, and I think we're learning how to do a better job with that. Jaeger obviously uh, is feeling it right now. He's jumped out about just the way he's been able to finish here and, and some of the looks that he's been able to get. Uh, I think it's chemistry with his two line mates now. They're starting to make some plays together. Um, that's one thing for sure. We've talked all year about his shot release. Uh, I think he's putting himself in positions now where he's available, and Jonathan and Elias are starting to find him. There you go. That is head coach Ryan Huska postgame from Mullet Arena in Tampa, Arizona, where the Flames take a 6-2 victory over the Coyotes tonight. Uh, hot start, 20 seconds in. They took a 1-0 lead, didn't look back from there. Good way to kick off a two-game road trip that now takes them into Las Vegas on Saturday. Your Flames Talk postgame is underway with the phone lines open at 403-240-4444 and the text line open at 960-960. Call now if you want to chat. Text now if you want to get your thoughts in that way our flames talk post game is uh, available on apple spotify google amazon or wherever you get your podcasts and always live right now uh live right here rather this is calgary flames hockey on sportsnet 960 the fan the flames talk post game show continues from the downtown studio on sportsnet 960 the fan Okay, three goals for Yegor Sharangovich. Three more points for Blake Coleman and a big 6-2 Flames win on the road in Arizona as we are underway, well underway on your Flames Talk post-game show. It's Steinberg along with you uh, on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts and live right here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Uh, the phone lines are open at 403-240-4444. Got a few lines open if you want to chat on this Thursday night or fire us a text like many have at 960 960 well how about i mean okay there's not a whole lot to say about this game flames just blew the doors off in the first period and honestly the, the final 40 minutes were kind of just didn't really matter you know how we've talked lots about you know games where the flames are down big and then the final 20 or 40 don't matter well it's the opposite flames got off to um a great start 20 seconds in michael backland scores and then three more the rest of the period kind of just made the rest of that uh, the rest of that game uh, especially because the flames didn't allow it to go crazy didn't allow a Arizona team to to start to really wheel and deal or or freewheel. It was kind of just yeah the Flames. Even though the second period the Coyotes had a little more zone time and got some shots, felt like because of that four one lead, because of that first period, the Flames were in control almost from start to finish. Honestly, the only time when I thought that this game might swing was in the I don't know six minutes or so between the Backlund goal and the first Sharon Govich goal in the first period. Backlund scores twenty seconds in. Coyotes responded well. They got a power play. Dylan Gunther hit the post on that power play and maybe a 1-1 tie in this is a different game. Goal doesn't go in. Shortly afterwards, Sharon Govich scores that shorthanded beauty to start his hat trick. And from that point on, it, it kind of felt like white flag time from the Coyotes. So 
Uh, solid night for the Flames, and uh, now they've got a huge test against a Vegas Golden Knights team uh, that they are uh, well behind in the standings coming up on Saturday at T-Mobile Arena on the Strip. Uh, speaking of Yegor Sharangovich, his second career NHL hat-trick. Tonight he scores a power play goal, a shorthanded goal, and an even strength goal. Um, I, I remember, I do remember people calling me a giant homer at the draft when I said, I don't really hate this return for Tyler Toffoli. I thought it was a solid return for Toffoli at the time. I was getting raked over the coals. Vickers and I were getting punched in the mouth on the text line until people, other people started to, to chime in about 20 minutes later on it. But uh, that's looking like a pretty solid deal. And I honestly believe that this is going to end up being a win-win trade for both sides. The Devils, regardless of whatever happens with Tyler Toffoli, they were looking for Toffoli with Hughes. Sharon Govich was a little buried there, and that probably wasn't going to change in New Jersey. Gets a better opportunity on a Flames team that was looking for what he brings, and after a, a, a slow start, he's rolling, and he's been great for him, and now is second on the team with 17 goals. Uh, so I, I think this is going to, whether Toffoli re-signs in Jersey or not, the Devils are going to get what they wanted from this trade, I firmly believe. The Flames get the younger player in Sharon Govich. They sign him to a deal. He's got another year on this deal after this season, and they get the third-round pick, with the, uh, which they turned into Adar Suniev. And, uh, yeah, I, I honestly think it's going to be a win-win, and, and I think it's too early to say that the Flames have won the trade. It definitely was too early in June to say the Devils won the trade and that the Flames got fleeced. I knew that then, and... Uh, um, it's pretty clear now, but uh, so far it's been a win-win on both sides. Let's hear from Yegor Sharangovich. His only other hat-trick came with New Jersey in April of 2022 in a game against the Florida Panthers. Tonight, his second career NHL hat-trick. Here's Yegor inside the Flames locker room post-game. Like maybe we played like second period, not like right away, but in the third period, same start, you know, quick goal and just good game. Yeah, I think they make it 4-2 and you go into the third, but what did you like about the way you guys started that third and, and finished the game? But, you know, two goals uh, between, you know, it's not big, you know, distance and we need to just play the same way, like we played first period and I think we played well in the third period, just put, put it back deep and the good for check, like make it turnovers and score two more goals. How much confidence are you feeling right now, personally? Uh, I, it's okay. Feel good? <laughs> feel, good? <laughs> feel really good? Uh, what about uh, you know, the play? Uh, you and Blake seem to have really found a nice little you know, bit of chemistry on the PK. What about the play that he makes to kind of send you in there? But you know, it's first thing in, in PK is just def you know, defense. And if we have a chance like, to make a play in nothing zone, we we'll always take this chance, and how I say it, we need to just play it well in D-Zone on PK first, and after we will make maybe a couple of chances. How much energy uh, are you guys getting from the, the dads and brothers uh, in the room here over the two days? Uh, yeah, it's a lot of energy, but, you know, my dad watching back home right now in the TV, and it's for Patrick for him <laughs> because he's not here, and I think yeah. my parents now is happy when they watch this game. Does he, do you always talk after every game? Do you? Uh... Uh, yes, because they always texted me after game yeah. because you know it's ten hours different. They already woke up and you know <laughs> early just, morning. Yeah, early morning. 
There you go. That is Yegor Sharangovich post-game as he scores three on the road in Arizona to help the Flames to a 6-2 win over the Coyotes tonight. Uh, we've already heard from Jacob Markstrom. He was solid, had to be big in that second period especially. He makes 33 saves as part of this victory, and it's time for tonight's Save of the Game, brought to you by Shane Holmes, and Jacob's Save of the Game comes in period number three. Here's Schmaltz, up top, Kesselring, near circle to counter, spins, shoots, bouncing puck, Markstrom keeps it out. And that is one of the 33 saves made by Jacob Markstrom tonight, and that's his save of the game, brought to you by Shane Holmes. For every save a Flames goaltender makes, Shane Holmes makes a donation to Kids Sport Calgary. Visit ShaneHolmes.com, the better way to build. Uh, just a quick look. I just want to see if they've updated it over at NHL.com because you know that I'm not good at on-the-fly math. So um, it's better to have the actual uh, math in front of me as opposed to trying to do it on the fly. Um no, they have not updated it as of yet, so I'll see if I can get it for you at some point here. But Jacob's uh, save percentage tonight, uh, making 33 on 35, was 942. Um, so as a result, his save percentage will go up from 908, so he'll be at like 909, 910 at the end of this game. Save percentage keeps on going up. He's above 500 for the first time in quite some time as well. Good for Jacob, who honestly has been one of this team's MVPs through the first half in one game of this season. Good on him. Uh, let's get to the text line for the first time tonight at 969-60 starting with Joe who says Pat pumped to see the hat trick for Sharon Govich that trade keeps looking better in Connie we trust the chemistry building with uh, Sharon Govich and Huberto is a great side would love to see that continue probably Huberto's best stretch as a flame since putting that line back together that comes from Joe this from Scotty in Victoria. Great win for the boys and the dads in Arizona. Fun game to watch and relatively complete effort overall. Stoked for Sharon Govich with the hat trick. How many has he had in his NHL career? I know there was one in 2020, two against the Panthers. Is this his second goal Flames? Yes, indeed. This was his second career um, NHL hat trick. Uh, this from Leandro who says, uh, I appreciate you letting me lead off the text line the last few games. Not tonight. Sorry, Leandro. You were third. Uh, dominant win. Once again, the boys, Huberdo and Markstrom, making things happen. I'm really liking the pairing of Yegor and Huberdo. They really seem to be meshing well, and they really know where each other are at all times. That being said, I know when Pelche comes back, I wonder if they'll play together since they're both on the left wing. I know they played together last season, but that was when Huberdo played out of position. If Lindholm is traded, uh, sorry, if Lindholm is still there, those three wouldn't play on a line together, right? Lastly, off topic, it's NFL wildcard weekend. Who you liking, and are you going to have your eye on anything in particular? I'm looking forward to the KC-Miami matchup, and fingers crossed the Cowboys are out in the first round. Well, I'm a Bucks fan, so I'm I'm dialed on Monday, uh, and hopefully the uh, Bucks can have a better playoff performance than they did last year when they got creamed by Dallas. Um I'm not really expecting it, even though I, I know the Eagles are only, they open it like two and a half point favorites. Eagles are, are reeling and, and they've got some injuries, but I'm still not the most confident, but I'm hopeful anyway. Um, the game that's most interesting is that KC Miami game. You know, Miami loses uh, at the end of the regular season with a chance to win the division. Instead, they got to go to KC where it's going to be cold AF, but KC's been flat too. And that game that they played in the regular season, what, KC opened up at 21 
one nothing lead, and then Miami made it close, and it was actually I don't know I I I think that's going to be a closer game than some people are giving it credit for, and you know I know Miami wasn't necessarily the sexiest of teams down the stretch, but I still wonder if they can give Casey a push. You know them being at Arrowhead is going to probably lean this one still towards the Chiefs but uh, yeah anyway as for the other part I digress on the NFL um, as for the other part Pelche uh, and where he goes I think you know what and this is with with the way Huberdeau's playing right now if Pelche were to come in tomorrow I would not put him on a line with Huberdeau I'd put Pelche right now on the fourth line to get him going I'd probably put him on a line with Dubé at center or Rizicka at center and Greer is probably where I'd put him um, you know depending on who's going Dubé or Rizicka between Greer and Pelche is what I would do right now if he were ready to come back tomorrow obviously there's a lot that's going to happen between now and you know late January early February when we actually see Pelche back in NHL action um, this says uh, Flames had an awesome game. Sharon Govich was unbelievable tonight. Markstrom was very good. Unsurprisingly, Noah Hannafin had a great game as well. Hope they can keep that rolling. By the way, thanks for the show. You're welcome. This from Stafford who says... Um the Shaggy DA is looking like the real deal in the Toffoli trade. Uh, Hubi over the last three games looks like his mojo's returned. Markstrom marks his improving trend in net coming back to his form of old. And Coleman makes his dad proud with a three-point night. What's not to like? But they've scored 12 goals in the last two games. And this fan is hoping they haven't emptied the bank account with the Golden Knights up next on Saturday. With that said, Pat, what's the timeline for Pelche and Shillington's potential returns to the lineup? Well, now that Shillington is through his first pro game, and uh, we're going to hear from him later here on our Flames Talk postgame show, now that Shillington is through that, I think, I think probably, depending on the way things go, I think probably late January, early February, you know, maybe until after the All-Star break is is a potential realistic timeline. Now, with Shillington, you don't want to put anything definitive because it's super non-linear when it comes to what he's returning from. So I, I don't want to say definitively one way or the other, but if it were to be late January or, or more likely uh, after the All-Star break, that wouldn't be surprising. Uh, or at the very least, that, that seems more realistic now than it would have even to Two, three weeks ago. So super positive news on the Shillington front. Uh, and then Pelche, yeah, same timeline. Late January, right before the All-Star break, or maybe more likely after the All-Star break. Seems kind of the the way this might go when it comes to Pelche. They're going to kid-glove Pelche specifically because they really want to make sure he's up to speed. They really want to make sure that his conditioning is NHL-ready because they want him to be in the best possible spot to succeed when he uh, rejoins the Flames lineup. Here's uh, Brad from Bridgeland. It's official. The dads are traveling with the team the rest of the season. Right off the hop, the Flames were on the attack and looked dangerous all game. And when they let off the gas in the second, Markstrom was there to bail him out. Huberto was a threat all game as well. I noticed a few times he's been taking a bit of extra time to make plays, even stopping himself from his classic spin, spin pass when it was a low percentage play. Kudos to him for making those adjustments. And it's nice to see that line clicking overall fun game at Mullet Arena. 
This from Murray, who says, what passing by Huberto tonight? Set up play after play. Could have had five points if they had some scoring. This guy's darn good. This from Ash, who says, Sharon Govich is now passed to Foley in points after today's dynamite performance. In the likely event that Lindholm is traded and assuming no natural centermen are acquired in any deals, would you consider moving Sharon Govich to center? I think it warrants consideration given he has similar skills as Lindholm in terms of both shooting the puck and killing penalties. Lindholm also has started his also started rather his Flames career as a right winger eerily similar if you ask me. Um I don't mind that to be perfectly honest with you like if they were to do that the only thing that I think would be important is you know where the Flames are when they make that decision. If indeed Lindholm is traded, as we expect he will get traded between now and the trade deadline. If indeed that happens, if they're still fighting tooth and nail for a playoff spot like they are right now, maybe you don't throw Sharon Govich in at center. You know, if all of a sudden they fall out of it for whatever reason, that would be a a, a better time to give that a look. And, and, and I think it's a potentially decent and interesting look on top of everything else. Um, this from Prab, who says, just when I was getting okay with the Flames losing, they put up two straight very strong games. What a night by Sharon Govich. Love to see it, but with the Oilers and Kraken on absolute heaters, it'll be extremely hard to sneak into the playoffs, not to mention likely selling the UFAs by the trade deadline. I guess the only advice I would have, Prab, is just like enjoy the ride. I mean, you have no control over uh, what happens on the ice. Neither do I. Um they're going to work as hard as they're going to work. And more, most nights, they work really hard. Um, and, and I think that'll be the case after whatever decisions are made. And so I guess what I would say is just enjoy the ride and see what ends up happening. They're probably going to trade Lindholm. They're probably going to trade one of Tanev or Hannafin potentially. Um, they might trade other guys. And then you see where they are and how they play after that. And maybe they can stay competitive and sneak in. Or maybe they can stay competitive and be close right down to the very wire, like Nashville was last year. Or maybe they fall out of it. But, I mean, in the end, we don't have a lot of control as to how that's going to play itself out. I'd just say enjoy the ride and and let's see... Let's see how this whole thing plays out. It is going to be tough. They, they probably will bump themselves into the 25% range over at Money Puck when it comes to playoff odds. Yeah, I think Edmonton's got a better chance of making the playoffs than the Flames do. And and then I honestly think I don't see a whole lot between Seattle, St. Louis, Calgary, Nashville, um, Arizona, or even Minnesota. The only problem for Minnesota is those injuries are really beating the crap out of them right now. So they, they might be the one that I put right at the bottom. But St. Louis, Calgary, Seattle, Arizona, Nashville, do not see a whole lot in terms of differences or, or separation between the teams. And I, I bet you, at least as the roster's constructed right now for the Flames, it feels pretty... Um, feels pretty realistic that they would end up 
staying competitive throughout this thing. Uh, this from Neil in the Northeast. I like watching this team win. People who want to watch them tank aren't giving this group credit. I love the compete level. Trades will come, but like Conroy said, you want to make deals, but it's most important to be patient with the decisions. I like keeping Hannafin. He could be a strong mentor going forward for the young D on their way up. I'm also interested in Pelche coming back. Where do you think he slots best? I'm personally excited to see him and Huberdo together again. Well, again, depends on who's still here when a deal is made. Also, uh, if it was right now, Pelche goes on the fourth line for me. Um, and that's not a knock on Pelche. It's just you're coming back after missing half a season. Probably a good place for him to start, especially when the top nine on this team is pretty set right now. Uh, this from Corey, who says, boy, oh boy, did Connie ever get taken to the cleaners on that Foley trade? Um, this uh, from Wedley, who says, Pat, big L for Conroy. The Flames Twitter experts and overtime callers are right. They lost the Toffoli trade. More Huberdo points uh, to silence the haters. Uh, a few other texts at 960-960. Uh, this says Sharon Govich was so good. Really happy for Huberdo as well. He really seems like he has his confidence coming back and he's enjoying the game again. Uh, this... Um, <laughs> from Brad from Athabasca. He says he was the first hat on the ice. Whoop, whoop, go Flames, go. Oilers suck. So Brad from Athabasca sounds like he was at Mullet Arena tonight and got a hat on the ice. Good on him as Sharon Govich scored his hat trick in the third period on a power play goal. There's your text line so far tonight at 960-960. Hey, we're thin on the phone lines at 403-240-4444. Give us a call if you want to chat tonight. A uh, few lines open. You won't get a busy signal if you want to chat tonight, so give us a call. Text line remains wide open at 960 960 it is your flames talk post game show on apple spotify google amazon or wherever you get your podcasts and live right here on sportsnet 960 the fan flames win 6-2 over the arizona coyotes tonight let's say hello to george on the phone lines what's going on george not much patty how you doing tonight i'm good good man yeah sharon Kovic, holy you know, it's it's unbelievable that he has more goals than Toffoli now, but everyone's talking about the hat-trick, and rightfully so. But uh, what no one's mentioned is, like, he also prevented a goal against tonight. When Zeri got walked there, I think they were short-handed, and he comes back with that stick lift. Yeah. Like, unbelievable. Like, unbelievable. Like, for all the all the talk about his shooting ability, and the guy is a sniper, and he's amazing in the shootout, and he's got, he's got slick moves and all that, man. His two-way game is... Is solid. I mean, now, George, I, 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 George, does this maybe, maybe help you in the future for not calling into this program and ripping a trade twelve seconds after it's made? Yeah, for sure. We've had discussion already. already I know, I know. I just, that. I just see on the text line. There's more and more people saying, "Oh, the Flames won the trade," and here you are gushing over Sharon Govich, and we we argued on the Zadorov trade, and and it's just like. It's a lot of um, a lot of the times George is very negative early on, and I just maybe going forward, may, maybe let a trade play itself out. Yeah, fair point. You're not wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm not, not wrong, wrong for once in my life. Come on, now <laughs> I I always give you credit when I when you you deserve the credit. You know that. I know. Hey, I'm a reasonable man, Patty. You know, I've, I'm one of those people when I say. You know, I'm wrong or I missed the boat on something. I admit it. I have no problem admitting it. I have, you know, I have no no problem admitting when I'm off on something. But, yeah, of course the trade looks a lot better. Obviously, yeah, you know. So, and like I said, I said it last call, I'll say it again. I'm, 
I don't like to hate on players for the sake of hating on them. It's just like, you know, at the end of the day, I want what's best for the team. And that's why as a passionate fan, that's why, you know, we do get out of hand sometimes, me included. I mean, I admit that, but no, fun to watch. Uh, get you really get you excited for his future going forward because he's young and you know normally guys like this they get better you know what i mean so let's see going forward speaking of getting better if coleman continues his career year um <laughs> this guy was shot out of a cannon in the first period man it was that was fun to watch too he just he's been something else he's he's on pace for what he's on pace now for close to almost 70 points right now isn't he uh, so he would now be up to 35 points in um, 42 games for Blake. So, yeah, that would put him, like, I, I, I want to say, like, in the 35 divided by 42 times 82, uh, just about uh, 68 points. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Like I said, they call it a career year for a reason. I, I, I don't expect him to be a 68, 70-point player every year, but, man, like, for all the tools he already brought to this team that I loved from the minute we brought him in, this is just, like, a huge, huge bonus what he's doing offensively. It's just, it's great to watch. And then, uh, I I know, I guess you answered it earlier, but with with Shillington, so I wonder if they don't, and I wonder if they don't, um, even if he is kind of ready to come back before the All-Star break, I wonder if I wouldn't wait just to give him that break because I think the play, the Flames got like eight days off during that time. Is that am I wrong there? Or? Yeah, I believe I, somewhere in that range for sure. Yeah. So, um, but with this with this conditioning stint, I think it's what three games or six days. Is that correct? Yeah, I think that he's going to play tomorrow though. So uh, play on Friday. So I think that I think they've gotten the extension on it. Okay. Good. Good. Yeah. I just you know what. I hope he takes his time from – I haven't. I obviously didn't watch the Wranglers game. From everything I heard, he looked, like, amazing. He looked really, really good, which is a good sign. Again, I understand it's the AHL, but still, when you haven't played hockey in what seems like two years, um, I think it was basically two years, a year and a half, um, that's a promising sign. You know what I mean? I mean, the AHL is still pro hockey. So, um, you know, again, I just want what's best for him, and, and, and hopefully everything – works out uh, first and foremost in in the mental health area, and then we see from there. But I wonder if they don't just ease him in too uh, because, you know, things are going, you know, relatively well for them right now. So I don't think there's a, a huge rush to get him in, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Well, and I don't think there should be any rush. I mean, you want to yeah, yeah. make at, at his own pace, and when he's ready, okay, A, he's got to be physically ready, and then B, the, the rest of it. So, yeah, at his own pace. Exactly. Final question for you, my friend, and I'll let you go. But let's say, hypothetically speaking, um, Rooney, Peltier, and Shillington all come back around the same time, okay? So who comes out of the lineup now? Because now you got quite a few people on the roster. That's you, Well, defensive, I mean, Shillington for Shillington, I, that's an easy one. But who who's coming out right now for Rooney and uh, Peltier? Well, on the... Uh... If it were right now, I don't know if necessarily Rooney's a hundred percent back in. Um, I think okay. that you, I think that you, like he's he's in the American League. He's not on a conditioning, so he may, maybe he stays down there. I, I think Pelche comes in for one of Dubé or Rizicka, depending on who's playing better at the time, and. You you make your fourth line Greer one of Dubé and Rizicka or Rizicka in the middle and then and then Pelche on the other side. 
Yeah, well, because I know they were, I know they were really high on Rooney's training camp, and from all accounts, it sounded like he was going to make the opening night lineup the way it was going before he got hurt. So that's why I bring Rooney up because I and I, and I, I get it. Like but then, then Zarian Pospisil happened, and Sharon Govich is playing the way yeah. it, it. It just. It kind of is what it is if it were right now. Now, a yeah, couple of right. trades happened and, and other things open up, so we'll see. Yeah, I'll let you go with a little fun fact. There was a time about a couple months ago where I had a trip planned to Phoenix and Vegas, and I was supposed to go to these two games here tonight and then the one in Vegas, and it didn't work out for unforeseen reasons, and now I'm like, of course. Of course they have a game like tonight that I was supposed to go to. But, hey, say la vie, that's how it happens. What are you going to do? Well, um, you'll, you'll be able to go to other games. Oh, I know. I hope. Yeah. All right, my man. It was good talking to you, buddy. I hope you have a great night, and we'll talk soon. Thanks, Georgie. We'll talk soon. 403-240-4444 is your phone number following a Flame 6-2 win in Arizona. Eric is up next. What's going on, Eric? Oh, not much, Pat. How's it going? I'm good. That's good. It's been a while since we chatted. Hey, Pat, does anybody ever call you Patty Boomalati? Um, No. No, I, that's a new one. I've never heard that one before. Okay, well, I'm not, I'm not going to call you that. Uh, hey, Pat, this will be a quick call. I don't have much to say. I just more had more of a, a question what? for you. Sure. Actually, I guess two questions. First off, okay, it is true that Chillington's playing for the Wranglers now? Well, he's played one game, and I don't know. I, I, I believe the Flames are looking to get an extension on whether or not he can play and, and the conditioning assignment can get extended. Um, and, and I guess we'll find out whether or not he they're able to get it. Um, so he technically his conditioning assignment is done after tonight's game. So he played one game with them. Uh, I think the Flames are looking to see if they can get it extended to two more games or, or – two more games at max and we'll see if the nhl decides to sign off on that okay because you know for him like for him you know hopefully like one day he looks back he says well i can't believe what a hard uh what a hard couple years i had and look where i am now i hope it works out that way for him right you hope so uh, for sure and then my main question for you and I, I i wasn't listening earlier i just you know i was i got in the vehicle i you know it's cold outside eh? I, so, I, I am in aware, the for I'm aware it is be. chilly here yes <laughs> So my question for you is watching the game tonight because you know everybody's everybody knows Huberto's not producing as much as he's supposed to for ten and a half million and blah 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 right. But is it just me, or did you not see like almost everyone on the team making Huberto esque passes? Like is this guy maybe not producing as much as he's supposed to, but he's really impacting the team and in his passing ability? Um, I don't know. Um, I don't know if that's having an effect or not. I will say that tonight the entire team was making plays, though. I'll I'll, I'll agree with that a hundred percent. Like that shot that Greer took, which missed, but like it was so fast uh, without looking, and he just missed. Like it just everything. It just I don't know. I'm I'm hoping that even though this guy's making you know ten and a half million and he's not getting the points that we want him to be getting. I'm hoping that maybe he's contributing in ways that we're not seeing. Well, I mean, I tonight. do think he is. I think he's a good leader. I think he's a good teammate. Yeah. I think his defensive game has taken some steps. Um, and and now he is contributing the way that you want him to contribute with, what, eight points in his last seven games now. Yeah, that's not bad. And you know what? And I, and I guess I said it would be quick. But like last, I, was, I was upset to lose to Foley. I wanted to keep that guy for sure. But you know what? 
I'm not upset with Sharon Govich. Uh, <laughs> that's, um, that, that's not a bad trade, I guess, you know, and good, you know, I hope Toffoli has success over in New Jersey or whatever, but yeah, no, Sharon Govich, I want to keep that guy. What, what's his contract? Is it only two years? Yeah, he's got one more year. Okay, well, hopefully we can keep him. And then, and you were saying, the other, the other guy was saying something about, like, you said something about sending Dubé down to bring somebody up? No, I did not. Oh, he did? Who? who? Nobody did. Okay, good. Like, Dubé can't be sent down, right? Well, he could be. He'd have to clear waivers, though. Uh, okay, because like, I want to keep Dubé. I know he's not having a great year, but I think he's a very valuable piece of this team. No, but no, nobody, no, nobody has said that here tonight. Okay, sorry, I must have heard wrong. My apologies. I was, uh, I've had a few wobbly pops, and I also took a pee while I was listening on the speaker. So anyway, well, hey, that's Pat, uh, that's you. a lot of information, and um, that's um, Eric. Oh, uh, Pat, I'm glad I'm glad that you can do that by yourself. Um, We'll move right along. Phone lines are open at 403-240-4444 as the Flames take a 6-2 win on the road in Arizona tonight. Let's say hello to Johnny. What's going on, Johnny? How's it going, Pat? Good, man. How are you? Good, yeah. You actually did You did say Rizitsko or Dubé would go down for Pelche, did you? No, I think I, I said would come out of the line. If I said go down, I misspoke. I meant come out of the lineup. Okay, no, I got you. I'm just curious um, if you have any idea how much um, Shillington, you know, I know about his issues, but how much actual hockey has he played? Clearly not professional or anything, but he must have been skating around. Yeah, he, he's he been, um, even, even when he wasn't in Calgary, he was still skating back in Sweden, um, and he's been working out and getting some stuff in uh, over the last little while. And then since December, since the beginning of December, he's been skating a lot with uh, Kevin Rooney and Jacob Pelche, doing some skill development, getting some good on-ice workouts in, uh, getting, you know, working out in the Flames gym. Um, and then and then since Thursday of last week, he's been practicing with the Wranglers, and tonight he got his first game in. Any truth to uh, what I've heard lately about Markstrom being uh, potentially gone? Clearly he's playing the best hockey he's played all year. I think if they're thinking of a rebuild, that would be my number one guy to go. Um, well, any truth to it? I don't know if there's any truth to it being imminent or happening. There's definitely buzz and there's some um, innuendo around the league about it maybe happening, but I don't think anything's imminent in in that regard. I think, you know, just the way he is playing, he is getting recognized. And I think it's just going to be for the Flames, you know, having Shellington, having Pelche. I I don't really agree with the Rudy comment. I don't know where he really fits in, but – I think it's going to be a different team in the new year. I'm pretty excited about it. Right. Yeah, I mean, and, and I'm I'm curious to see what this uh, lineup is going to look like here over the next little bit. You know, like who who isn't part of the group for the next little bit. And then on top of that, what they're able to, um, you know, what they're able to, to do in terms of working some other players in. Pelche, Shillington, obviously. But also, what about uh, what about Klapka? What about Pedersen? What about Coronado? You know, there's a lot of guys that I'm curious to see how they work in. Yeah, especially Coronado for me. All right, buddy. Sorry about the voice tonight, but go Flames go. Take care, Patty. Thanks, Johnny, and uh, hope that voice gets better, man. 403-240-4444 is your phone number. Flames win 6-2 over Arizona tonight with Neil on the line. What's up, Neil? Hey, Patty. 
Thanks for taking my call, man. Of course. Um, yeah, I just wanted to like add on. I, I texted in earlier just about the Pelche thing. Like, I do really think that he's he kind of like a, like what we're seeing Connor's area do this year. Um, you know, leading that like uh, emotional or like physical like just giving us a, like a speed boost, like when you get in like a video game. You know what I mean? I think I think his enthusiasm, the way that you know, the way that he plays, yeah, I, I think I think when he's ready, he'll he'll give him give the team a boost. I just at this point, he'd be on the fourth line for me. Yeah, no, and I do think that's fair. Like he should probably have to like work his way up just because of the way the lines are actually set at this point. But there's guys that are in positions there because it's it's been working, and that's that's clear. You know, to like it should be clear to all of us. I I I was talking also about like uh, the the trade situation. Um, I do think that like Hannafin is a player we should keep. Um, as some people think it's uh, seven and a half and maybe a little too much, you know, for eight years considering. But uh, it to me it might be like the best situation just because he he really would lead the decor. I think. Um, when he's bringing up the guys onto the second pair with him, because I don't think we're going to have Tanev anymore, and uh, he he will will be a good guy to teach other people. How, like, what do you think about his role as a, like a teacher to younger players, especially playing with a guy like Tanev, who probably taught him a lot? Yeah, I mean, sure, um, and and I also um, I also. You know he's a good player. He's young. I think that he would would fit the age range ish as they um, as they continue along here. Um, but at the same time, I think there's question as to you know how how willing are you to pay seven and a half million dollars for a two three defenseman per year? And uh, also on top of that, what what are you going to get for him in a trade? There's a lot. There's a lot to consider on this one. Yeah, and uh, just you know, one more final thing. Um, uh, I really do think that uh, like the goaltending situation is is quite abundant in this city. Um, like Vladar has maybe been a little up and down this season, but I think the league probably with their pro scouting, most of the teams kind of view him as like a, a good piece to add to their team, whether it's as a starter or as a, a backup to you know. A, a strong goaltender. Um, I do think, to me, I think that's the number one thing we can trade with this season. Do you think it's better with Vladar or Marsham? And then I'll leave you with that. Have a good night, Pat. Okay, but just before you go, do you better? Yeah. What do you, What do you mean? Like better for them to keep, or what, uh, what do you mean? Just like better, a better. What do you think would evolve into the best situation for the team as a whole? I think ideally, it would be Markstrom with Wolf. But at the same time, you know, I, I, it all depends in so many ways as to how much younger, how big of a pivot they want to make here. And, and yeah, so like you're saying like if the AHL team um, is coming up as defense forwards, you can't also bring up a goalie in that position as well. Maybe it's better to have a starter and Wolf as a backup. Well, start. and I just think I just think having Markstrom uh, mentor Wolf and and you know not even mentor but 
be a safety net for Wolf. You know, I, I think it's pretty clear that the Flames would like to dial back on the amount that Markstrom's playing. So if he can be starting 50 to 55 and Wolf can be starting like 32 or 27 to 32 in year one, that to me sounds like a pretty good succession plan. So I think ideally that would be what you want to do. But if you've got teams that are banging down your door, which I don't think they have right now, but could, if you've got teams banging down your door to try to get Markstrom, well, I think you need to consider that as well, just based on everything in, in terms of where this group is. But if you're, if you're to ask me, like in a vacuum, what would be best for the overall progression? Yeah, I think Markstrom and, and Wolf as a tandem would be it. And, and like, but you, I agree with what you're saying, whereas, like, uh, I think Markstrom made like a big difference, uh, like where it came to when he was playing with uh, in Vancouver with um, Demko. You know, like I think that had a big influence on him. Like he could be that kind of thing for Wolf. I think that would be a good thing going forward for us. Yeah, I, I do not disagree. Okay, thank you, Pat. Good stuff, Neil. Appreciate the call. Uh, phone lines are wide open at 403-240-4444. As the Flames take a 6-2 win over the Arizona Coyotes, let's say hello to Anand tonight. What's going on, Anand? Good evening, Patty. This is your friend, Anand. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thank you. Are you staying warm in this frigid, cold Calgary weather we are having? Uh, well, yeah, I've barely been outside. Um, so that's... That's good. Um, so I have been staying warm just because I've been able to go parking garage to parking garage today. So I, I've I've barely been outside. Yeah, fair enough. Lucky for you, I had to do some walking and take the train and bus and all. Well, all please, right. please um, remain warm yeah. then, Anand. Yeah, definitely. I'll try to. Yeah, good game tonight. Uh, especially I love the Sharangovich hat-trick. He's been amazing on fire. And I want to say that uh, trade that Conroy made I want to say now that was a great trade. Uh, looks like we have a win on that. And then Blake Coleman continues to look great. Uh, and uh, who else? Anderson was on the board uh, contributing defense defense to offense. So great job on that. Uh, and overall, great game. I, did, I liked how they uh, did what they call st- step back or uh, give back the lead. Uh, they had momentum all throughout the game. And even congratulations to Michael Backlund uh, for his 950th game. I'm also liking how Hoberto is playing recently. He has now, I think, one point per game almost in the past five, six games. Is yeah, he's correct? got eight points in his last seven. Eight points in his Yeah, that's fantastic as well. Uh, one question for you, uh, because I keep getting this asked a lot as a Flames fan. So between the unrestricted free agents, we have Lindholm, Kristanov, and Hanafin. Mm-hmm. What do you predict? Who would you see being traded or dealt with first? What are your thoughts? Oh, boy. Who, what, what do I predict would be first? Like, who, who, like, what decision gets made first? Yeah. Um, I think... It's a tough one. I think... The thing that we might find out first is Hannafin. Um, I and I and and I mean I, I think 
a Hannafin decision on whether or not he signs or gets moved happens first. And I, I think that, that that door is still wide open. Um, I, I think that there there's there's definitely some buzz out there about Hannafin re-signing. Um, you know, there was that eight times seven and a half that was on the table earlier this year. Uh, I, I, I think that contract is is still kind of I don't want to say like it's just on the table waiting for a yes or no but I think that cut that that offer is still the framework of what the Flames and Hannafin would be discussing right now and and have been discussing um and so I think a decision on Hannafin you know wouldn't surprise me if like a, a decision on Hannafin was made before the all-star break either to sign or to stay Sorry, either to stay, either to sign or to be traded, sorry. Yeah, okay. Yes, I don't know if I got your point. All right, one last question. Uh, what do you think about Dan Ladar? When do you think we'll see him start a game? Uh, do you predict maybe Saturday against Golden Knights or back on Monday against Coyotes? What are your predictions on that one? I don't know. I, I don't think he'll start Saturday. I think they'll go Markstrom on Saturday. Um, then they've got a six-game homestand where I'm, I'm sure he'll get a game or two on that homestand. Yeah, I'm planning to attend the Battle of Alberta. Hopefully, if I can get a, a hold of some tickets, yeah, I'll be hopefully there at the Dome. All right, sounds good, Pat. Thanks so much. I'll try to stay warm, yeah, and have a good night and talk to you on Saturday. Thanks, Anand. Good to hear from you, buddy. And uh, the phone lines remain open at 403-240-4444 as the Flames take a 6-2 win on the road in Arizona. Uh, let's hear from the captain post game as Michael Backlund uh, not only scored the game's opening goal 20 seconds in, he also moved into sole possession of number two all-time on the franchise game's played list at 9 950. He is now officially passed Mark Giordano for that. Let's hear from Michael Backlund post game in Arizona. Obviously, a big game uh, in the standings, but also a big start for the trip. Uh, everyone's super excited because we can hear right now. It's, uh, it's awesome to win with the dads here. To have the dads in the room afterwards, too, it almost feels like it's a movie. I know, I know, it's great. Uh, yeah, a lot of fun tonight. Came out, came out played really well in the first. Um, maybe they were a little better in the second, but you know, Colts out real well in the, in the third. Is there any doubt that it, the dads being here played a role in that first period start for you guys? Yeah, I know for sure. Uh, I talked a bit with Lindy's dad, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, I think during the day they kept this, kept things a little lighter for us. Uh, maybe guys weren't as like uptight or serious or, or not serious, but like maybe got away from the game a bit and when. Before puck job, you know, uh, the start lineup dads came in here and uh, presented the lineup. I think got the boys going as well. Yeah. So, no, it's great to have them around. It's been an amazing three or four days for you, particularly too, hasn't it? Yeah, I know, very special. Um, yeah, something. Well, well, that moment uh, home there before last game, we'll always remember. And uh, yeah, big win, two big wins too for the two games. Uh, it's nice to score today too, right off the hop in the big game. So uh, yeah, no, it's been a few good days. No, uh, did we score four last period? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, we had a tough weekend. Uh, we wanted to bounce back and show they were better than that. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, boys play really well both these two games. You mentioned, uh, I think you've been talking about the Jaeger and the Patrick, second in his career too, but, uh, you know, it looked like everybody contributed offensively, but maybe just a little bit Yeah, I know, Sharky was really good tonight. That whole line was really solid for us tonight. They made some big plays, some big goals, and
really happy for Sharky uh, to get that hat trick. It's always a special feeling. So, uh, and it was a big. The third one was a really big goal for us. Uh, uh, so, yeah, no. Um, like I said, their line play was really solid for us tonight. And yours felt good right off the bat. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, it was it was nice to get that one. Uh, I feel like I had a lot of looks the last few games, and it was nice to get rewarded tonight. There you go. That is Michael Backlund post-game following his uh, ninth goal of the season to help the Flames to a 6-2 win over the Arizona Coyotes. Um, so that is the Flames side of things. I also want to make sure that we do this because as the Flames were beating Arizona 6-2, the Calgary Wranglers were in the midst of playing the Ontario Reign at the Scotiabank Saddledome. And in that game between the Reign and the Calgary Wranglers, um, Oliver Shillington made his Wranglers debut and uh, played his first pro hockey game since May of 2022 as the Wranglers took a 3-2 win over over the rain at the Scotiabank Saddledome. So awesome to see Oliver Shillington back in a pro hockey game and getting closer to return to action. It's been almost 20 months since he's played a full speed game. Uh, it was game five of the Western Conference Final. Obviously, Oliver had to step away from action um, and, and went through a real mental health uh, battle since uh, September of 2022. He's worked his way back. He's been skating and moving closer to this since the beginning of December. And tonight at the Dome, he returned to action. Didn't get on the score sheet with a goal or an assist, but by all accounts, played a really solid game. Here's Oliver Shillington post-game following a Wranglers 3-2 win over the rain and for Oliver following his first game in almost 20 months. How did it feel to be back out there again playing hockey? It was fun. Yeah, it was fun. And, uh, you know, a bonus that we got a win, but uh, uh, it was fun. It was really fun. And how did it feel to just settle in with this team and play a game with this group? So easy. Uh, the guys here are so, uh, so nice, and uh, it's a good group, and they're very tight, so they welcome me uh, very nicely. So, yeah, it's been easy. What was the anticipation, like, Oliver, leading up to this day for you? I felt pretty relaxed. I mean, I... I uh, I trust my instincts and uh, uh, I know what I can deliver, so I, I just try to trust that and, and just have fun out there. So, um, yeah, I didn't try to paint the picture bigger than, than it is. What was that first shift like for you? What was running through your mind as you're in game situation? Uh, make a good first pass and then join the rush. <laughs> no, I just try to make a good play and then just join and then. Uh, yeah, I just, I just try to keep it simple in the beginning and, and uh, yeah, get my feet underneath me and, and, and just keep going, so, yeah. What was Pullman like as a partner tonight? He was great. Uh, you know, we we spoke a lot in the beginning of the game to talk a lot, and we did that, and we uh, we sold a lot of uh, situation out there, so I uh, thought it was uh, a good game from us. Is did it you, like did... riding a bike? Like, does it just feel natural once you're back out there doing it? Uh, yeah, yeah, so-so, yeah, I mean, I've been working hard off off the ice and and, and you know uh, with the coaches. So I've, uh, it's always different when you play a game, right? So uh, I just try to keep it simple from the beginning, and then I felt that the game came to me a little bit quicker. So uh, uh, I felt pretty good for a first game. You had that moment in the second period, like early in the second period, where you were coming down the wing, and I think you got a little backhanded. Yeah. Goalie. I mean, we've seen you do that <laughs> a lot of times. That feel good, just to kind of. Yeah. I, I guess my legs still work. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it felt good. Yeah. Did you, did you say, how do you how do you judge the pace of, of play? I know it's 
your first game in about 20 months or so to uh, feel like you're right there yeah i feel good i mean uh, pace wise it's not a problem to be honest it's just uh uh, you know, timing and, and stuff like that, but that comes with being more on the ice and, and playing, so uh, that will come back to me. But uh, for a first game, I actually felt solid, so yeah. Does having that first game out of the way just give you that sort of sense of, I can do this? Yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, I felt that before this game, but but uh, uh, it was nice to get this over with, and, and I just want to keep building and, and look forward to the future, yeah. Did you, did you hear from anyone, Oliver, whether it was guys on the Flames or anyone in your hockey world uh, ahead of tonight's game? Yeah, I mean, a couple of guys reached out and, and, yeah, a lot of family and friends too. So it's nice to get a boost from them and, and uh, yeah, nice to feel some love. I know it was a small crowd, but they, they gave you a pretty loud yeah. ovation when they announced you. Yeah, it was nice. I mean, the fan base here in Calgary and and just people around uh, the city and they've been so nice and supportive when I've when I've run into them so uh, I appreciate all the support I really do. Did you see that sign that said welcome back Shillington we missed you? Yeah yeah there? I saw some signs in the warm-up so that was nice I, I yeah it's touching so um, I'm happy to be back and just give my best. So. And just on that note getting the win on your first game back how did that feel? No I mean like I said that's the most important thing uh, I was happy that we got that uh, that goal at the end so um, no it was huge uh, we just have to build off this and, and uh yeah be more consistent tomorrow i feel like there you go that is oliver shillington post game following his first pro game in almost 20 months he suited up for the calgary wranglers tonight against the ontario rain as part of a 3-2 win great to hear from oliver like that that was uh that was pretty neat to hear good for you uh good on him and uh now it keeps on going i i we're still waiting to see, as, as we're talking right now, whether or not Oliver's going to play another American League game. Technically, as of this Thursday night, his uh, conditioning assignment is done. Uh, however, the Flames can and and I think are, are looking to apply for an extension to see whether or not he can play another game or two. Uh, we'll see if the NHL gives the check mark on that or not. Um, but he has played one game, and uh, the return to the NHL just keeps getting closer for Oliver. Uh, good for him. Let's uh, select tonight's player with heart following a Flames 6-2 win over the Aaron. Arizona Coyotes tonight. It's Pat Steinberg along with you on your Flames Talk postgame show this evening. We're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And the Player with Heart is brought to you, as always, by HeartFit Clinic. A lot of uh, different opportunities to uh, select one here in this one tonight just because of uh, some really solid play across the board. Yegor Sharangovich had the hat trick. Jonathan Huberdo had two points. I'm going to go with Rasmus Anderson, though. I thought Rasmus was dialed from the get-go. Uh, he had a great opportunity that he missed in the early stages. Actually, had two great opportunities that he missed the net on in the early stages before scoring his goal. So Anderson had a goal as part of the win, his seventh of the year. He also played 19 minutes and 58 seconds as the Flames could dial back on some of their D minutes because they had such a big lead in the third period. He had six individual shot attempts, four individual individual uh, scoring chances, three shots on net, and two high-danger scoring chances. Really solid night for Rasmus Anderson, and tonight he is our player with heart, brought to you by HeartFit Clinic. For HeartFit assessments and proven treatments not available at your doctor's office, visit heartfit.ca. 
Now let's go back inside the Flames locker room as, as it was, uh, it's been just an unbelievable year for Blake Coleman. So he's now up to 18 goals uh, and 35 points in 42 games. He's on pace for 68 points now this season. And his second half started the same way the first half ended with him just rolling. Three more points for Blake Coleman uh, in front of his dad, Rusty, at Mullet Arena tonight. Here's Blake Coleman postgame following a 6-2 win. Yeah, they did a good job. They uh, came in with a little fire and got the boys going. And, uh, you know, Makas gets a breakaway 10 seconds in and gets the, gets the ball rolling. It's fun. Uh, yeah, maybe just uh, what about that first and, and how you guys were able to kind of grab control of this game early like that? Yeah, it was the key to our last uh, start to the road, the last road trip. And, you know, we talked about getting off to a good start here. And, um, yeah, for whatever reason, it maybe it was the dads, maybe it was just the energy uh, they've brought for us. But, uh yeah, it was important to get the lead and, and then, you know, obviously cemented it in the third and, and got a win. I know, obviously a huge lot from your line as well here tonight, but to see uh, your Sharky go off for, uh, for a hat-trick here, second of his career. Yeah, happy for him. He's a great, great guy. Um, you know, he's got elite, elite finishing skills and it's starting to really come in waves right now for him. And uh, I don't think it's a coincidence that, that number 10's starting to really, really turn it on and look really good for us. So, um, you know, that line's been, been good and, and getting better every game. So uh, it's, it's fun to watch him. Think his Texas Tiger nickname's going to stick yeah. around here? Or? I don't know where Texas Tiger came from, but uh, I've got a lot of RARs during the game. So maybe he might stick around for a little bit. That is Blake Coleman post-game as the Flames take a 6-2 win. Three more points you could hear in the uh, background. Lots of people yelling sniper at Blake Coleman. Well, the goal he scored was pretty nice. Uh, Blake Coleman now up to 18 goals, 35 points in 42 games as his red-hot run and his great season continues. Uh, that's our final look inside the Flames locker room. Hey, how about that? Even on the road, you don't get uh, post-game coverage like this anywhere. Blake Coleman, Michael Back. Yegor Sharangovich, head coach Ryan Huska. We've heard from Oliver Shillington after his Wranglers debut. And Jacob Markstrom joined us live from Mullet Arena. It's your Flames Talk postgame show. It's on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now it's time to look ahead. Looking ahead is brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech. Fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system. To learn more about how they use a patient's immune system to battle cancer, visit oncolyticsbiotech.com. And uh, this will be on Saturday, the next game for the Flames, the second and final trip to T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas this season and the third meeting between the Pacific Division rivals this year. 8 o'clock face-off on Saturday night, which means we're on the air at 7 o'clock with your Calgary Flames warm-up. Sportsnet and CBC is where you can find the game on TV. Flames 1-0-1 against Vegas so far in the two games they've played against them this year. Flames won the first game 2-1 in overtime, dropped the second one 5-4 in overtime, so both teams 1-0-1 against each other this season. Overall, Flames 4-3-2 in their last nine head-to-head meetings with Vegas. That dates back to the 21-22 season when the schedule got back to normal. Uh, so that is next up for the Flames Saturday in Vegas, then 
Tuesday, they open up a six-game homestand against this same Arizona Coyotes team. That's a 7 o'clock face-off on Tuesday. Game two of the homestand is Thursday against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Both those games at 7 o'clock. And that's your look ahead. Looking ahead, brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech. Fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system. To learn more about how they use a patient's immune system to battle cancer, visit oncolyticsbiotech.com. Uh, as the Flames take a 6-2 win on the road in Arizona as uh, they now have won back-to-back games and both those wins are six goal games for the Calgary Flames. Six against Ottawa on Tuesday at home. Six against Arizona on the road tonight. As we jump in on the text line at 969-60 on this uh, Thursday night. Text line remains wide open. This from Derek in Edmonton who says, uh, everyday listener, shout out to you and the group. Another great game from the uh, group on this dad's trip. What do you anticipate the center group to be if when, if, when Lindholm is traded? Uh, Kadri and the kids would likely stick together. Bax, Coleman, and Mangiapane stay as a unit. And Rooney, when he comes back, would likely be the fourth-line center. What prospect, if any, do you see filling in as a top-nine center to replace Lindholm? Well, I do wonder about the Sharon Govich idea. That's not a bad idea at all. I just wonder where the team might might be if they decide to do that. That's going to be definitely curious to see um, how they how they decide to do that. Um, again, it depends on who comes back in a trade. I wonder just overall if you know you, you got to have Huberdo somebody. Do you go Huberdo with? I don't even know. Actually, I, I don't even know the the answer to that question right now, Derek in Edmonton. I don't know. I wonder about moving Sharon Govich to the middle. We've seen him play center a little bit. Uh, I wonder a little bit about seeing where Dubé is at the time. I wonder who they get back in a trade. It's definitely going to throw a wrench into things. There's no doubt about that. Uh, this says, Pat, if you were, if it were up to you looking at his body of work right now and assuming he was eligible, I know he's not, but what would your Yegor extension preference be? Well, he will be eligible for an extension this summer, though. And in that case, I, I, he's, he's on a two-year deal right now. I'd be cool with a three, four-year extension, honestly, um, in in the summertime. And, and, you know, you got one more year at a pretty decent cap-friendly number. I, I'd, I'd be interested in, extension, in an extension as early as this summer, especially because when his contract expires, if there's no extension in place, he will be unrestricted. Uh, this from Mick, who says, when Shillington plays his first game for the Flames, I would expect a standing ovation and a tear in my eye. Damn right, Mick. Uh, I, I, A, hope that happens, and B, um, I, I'm with you 100%. What a what a friggin' battle this guy's been in. Um, this from Will in BC. Only thing I was a bit sad about tonight was Sharon Govich's dad wasn't at the game to see the hat trick. I've decided that I agree with you 100% about the goaltending. If Markstrom continues to play as well as he has, then Markstrom-Wolf would be the pair I'd go with as well, even though the return for Vladar won't be as good. I do think this needs to be done sooner than later to get Wolf started on his NHL journey. I think he's ready and he deserves it. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's time. Um but you got to make sure that a trade is there that makes sense. Um, that, that's the only caveat to it right now. 
Uh, this says, great game, lots of fun from John and Mesa. This says, Pat was at the Wranglers game tonight. It was great to see Shillington. Wouldn't be shocked to see a prolonged stay in the AHL if approved by Oliver in the league. Definitely looked like a player who hasn't played in a meaningful game in the last few years. Skating still there, but looks like the hands need to catch up. Either way, I'm excited to see him progress back to the Flames. Also, Sharon Golvich is a stud. Have a great night. Um, so, the... Situation here. Here's the situation um, with Oliver Shillington. I believe the Flames are looking for an extension for him as it stands right now. The, the, the situation, because he is on LTIR, there's a specific rule of when a player is on LTIR as to how long a conditioning assignment can go. That can go six days or three games, uh, the longer of the two spans of time. Tonight, when Shillington made his Wranglers debut and played his first pro game in ages, was the third game of the conditioning assignment. Now, that's an LTIR, LTIR conditioning assignment. I believe the Flames are looking for an extension. I don't know if they're going to get an answer on that until Friday. And so they are looking for an extension on it right now. And we'll see if the NHL approves that extension. You would think they would, but you just never know. So we'll see if the NHL approves the extension that we believe the Flames are looking for. But that'll only, I believe that they can only ex uh, apply for a two game extension. And then from there, they have to make a decision as to whether or not they activate him off of LTIR or, or not. Once they activate him off LTIR, they can send him on another conditioning assignment if Oliver agrees. That has the maximum of being 14 days, and that would get him some more time in the American League before he might come back to the NHL. So there is the ability. like There's a, a few different things they can do once the LTIR conditioning assignment comes to an end. There's a difference between an LTIR conditioning assignment and a regular conditioning assignment, and that is important to remember when it comes to Shillington. So we'll see if they get the extension, first of all, to see if he can play another game or not. Um, this says that D. Cooperdo had on Sharon Govich's hat trick goal said a lot to me. The guy's getting his mojo back, and I'm all for it. Just hoping to see this continue. Good luck to your Bucks, Pat. I think they smell blood with the Eagles floundering as they are. Fingers crossed on that front. Um, this is from Greg in Varsity. He says, Pat, did you say earlier it'll be cold AF in Kansas City as compared to what? Well, compared to Miami is what I meant, not compared to this, what we're living through right now. Uh, this from Smiley who says, any news on how Shillington looked at the Wranglers tonight? Um, so thrilled he's playing again. Apparently he looked really good. I didn't get an opportunity to watch, obviously, but apparently he looked really good. Uh, this from Kevin and Haysboro who says, just finished watching the Wranglers win at the Dome. Shillington looked great and got a nice ovation. Great to see him back. That's awesome to see as well. This from Alex, who says, maybe the plan all along if Lindholm's moved is to play Sharky at center with Huberdeau. I mean, he does play center after all. I don't think this organization has had a pure sniper like him since Iggy. That comes from Alex. And finally from Taylor, who says, great night for Oliver and the Wranglers too. Tons of positives. Great day to be a fan. Great stuff on the text line at 960-960. Let's get back to the phone lines. Three more calls before we wrap things up following a 6-3 Flames win over 6-2 Flames win, rather, over Arizona, starting with Andrew. Andrew, what's going on? Hey, Pat, long-time listener, first-time caller. I love the show. Keep keep the good work up. 
Thank you very much. Good to have you on board. Welcome aboard. A pleasure. Uh, first of all, big congrats to Shillington. It's uh, pretty great to see him back in the game. Um, but uh, I had some observations, so not sure. so much a question, so you could just tell me if I'm crazy or not. But the Jonathan Huberto situation, and as it's growing and he's finding some steam and building some momentum, it's reminding me a bit of Alex Tangay when he came back. He had one really rough season and then kind of found his groove and found his footing and found his place into the team. So I'm kind of hopeful that uh, Huberto builds that momentum and maybe he'll never be 10.5 million, but he can still be a valuable asset if he finds his confidence. Um, well, and I don't want to be that guy, but uh, just in terms of Alex Tonga, he had two stints with the Flames, and his first stint with the Flames, uh, he started like like a house on fire. Um, when he was first acquired from Colorado, um, he had a career season in his first year with the Flames. Uh, I believe he had 81 points in his first year with the Flames, um, which he was, was by far the most, well, not by far, but was his best ever NHL season. Um so I don't want to be that guy and, and correct you, but the second time around is is fair. You know he and, and again it wasn't um, it, it basically what happened is second time around. So the Flames stint ended. He got traded to Montreal, had a rough year in Montreal, then went to Tampa for a year. Looked like maybe it was starting to go away on Tange, and then he came back and had a great first season back with the Flames. Anyway, I'm not trying to be that guy and correct you, but your point is interesting yeah. in that the second stint with the Flames was him getting his confidence back. It's it's not an apples-to-apples apples Huberto comparison, but you just hope that you know Jonathan is starting to feel it a little bit more because the one thing I will say is Huberto and Tange are, are quite comparable players in terms of the things that they do. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I was thinking, and, and I did – did think specifically about the second time, but I guess I, I didn't realize that his downfall was away from the flames. But all the same, it, it's good to get it, Huberto's putting back, and it's good to see him playing with a for sure, for face. sure. That's all, Pat. Thanks for thanks for the chat. Hey, call back anytime, Andrew. Appreciate it, man. You got it. Take care. You too. Let's say hello to Parsons following a six-two win. What's up? Hey, uh, how's it going? Good. How are you? Good. Good. Um, besides being cold, obviously. Yeah, it's um, but, not warm outside. No, it's not. Um, yeah, halfway through the season, I think uh, I I got a couple of observations. Um, I don't think it's really been talked about too much, but I think uh, to date, Huska's. I think Huska's done a pretty decent job with uh, what he's been dealt with this year so far, and. Well, really if you like listen to if you listen to Flames talk in the PM with Pat and Wes, we uh, we definitely just finished talking about that last week. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, okay, sorry, I missed that. Yeah, no, I I just I really love his demeanor and you know how he's been carrying himself with his team and um, you know I think halfway through the season grades, I, I think he's been doing really well. I, I'm really happy with the choice. Um, I heard somewhere someone was trashing him but I, I i don't see that um i really like what he's brought so far so kudos to him halfway through the season and his first season so um as for uh 
Sharon Govich, I, I feel like I just I keep talking about this guy, Pat. I love this player so much. I think he's hands down the most natural best finisher on this team. It's it's nice to actually have a finisher. I know I know it's a little bit early still, but you know, going through halfway through the season, you know, he's he's now passed to fully in points. Now, granted, he's got a couple of games in hand, but um, that's that's really encouraging. And I well, think and and, up- and just like just like when the deal was made or the first month in or whatever, mm-hmm. we we can't make a we can't make a ruling on on the trade. It's forty one games totally. in. Like, and I'm not saying you are. I'm just saying that's a really good example of why. But it's also a really good indicator that maybe let's hold off on saying who won the trade midway through this season too. Totally. Yeah. Well, and remember, in the beginning of the season, we were we were talking, speculating on, okay, well, where does he fit exactly? You know, where does he fit? And it seems like once he got comfortable, it seemed like every line that he got put on, he was almost like a glue guy on that line. And it's, you know, it's interesting how he's worked his way up. Um, he wasn't put in the best positions, you know, throughout the whole season. He He had to work his way up up to the top line for sure and that is that is another interesting and and important point to to talk about when when comparing him and Toffoli is that and I'm not again I'm not trying to take anything away from Tyler and how good he's been in New Jersey but Mm -hmm. Toffoli's been playing with Hughes basically all year Sharon Govich started with with Huberdeau and Lindholm it didn't look very good so they juggled things around and you know he spent a good month or three weeks on the fourth line there and and not to man, mention power play time and all that as well. So, um, and and Sharon Govich is obviously a better PK guy. He's got like what three shorthanded goals this year, I think. Um, yeah, he's just an overall better player, and he's twenty five. So, and we got that third round pick, uh, that Russian kid, and that, he looks like he's got some crazy stats too. So I'm excited about that. So I mean that the. The whole line overall with Huberto and Lindholm has been looking great. Uh, Hubie looks a lot more, you know, like himself. Um, it, it's it, it's looking good, man. And same with Coleman and Bax. I love that duo. Coleman's having an out-of-mind season. And, uh, you know, congratulations to Bax for, you know, getting number second in games. Like, and what a way to start the game with him on a break. Um, you couldn't have wrote that up any better, but um, yeah, just overall, man, I, I, I just loved how we managed the game. We kept our composure. Uh, Marky kept us in it in the second. And uh, okay, so I, I want your opinion. Okay. Well, I, I, I kind of know where you stand on it, but I was talking to a friend of mine today. We were talking about Markstrom today and the goaltending situation and. My stance is is this: if if Marky is open to going to another team, I think that's the best asset management in terms of a return. Because if we were to trade Vladar, it it seems to me almost like a sidestep situation where you know what are you going to get like a third if you're lucky, um, and it's hard to find a good backup and with a guy with first you know first potential. Um, where we would get get more back from Markstrom, I think, 
And why well, would there's you want no. Either? First of all, Pars, before you go any further, there's no doubt you'll get more for Markstrom than you will mm-hmm. for Vladar mm-hmm. right now. Of of that, there's no doubt. For sure. Yeah, and I mean, and depending on the trajectory of where we're going, isn't that kind of what you want in a sense? Because while while I understand the whole idea about having Wolf with Markstrom and potentially learning. I mean, Wolf has kind of made a career without Markstrom at this point for being the best and the most dominant to this point without Markstrom. So I don't know. I, I, I honestly, like, and to hang on to Markstrom, what would be the point exactly? Because it's not like we're going for it or anything like that. Do you know? Well, you not know that we I mean? know of anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I just think in that, in terms of asset returns, I think, I mean, if Markstrom's open to it and he is a competitor, he might want to go to a competitive team. I think that's the way to go. But uh, um, I'm not sure how Rooney would fit on this team, Pat. Like, um, yeah, I understand he had a pretty – You know how he fits side. on the team is if Lindholm gets traded. Yeah, but does he? I think so. Because Pelche is going to come back. What are they going to do with Rizicka? I mean – the way this season has gone, I have no problem playing Rooney over Rizicka in a lot of ways. Mm. It's interesting. It's an interesting topic because he didn't make the team last year, and he had a good camp too. But Who? he spent the, uh, Rooney. Rooney did make the team last year. He just got sent down to the American League. Right, and he spent pretty much all year there. Mm, about half of the season. Yeah, I guess. Uh, he wasn't impressive, so I, I, no. He he had a rough year last year, but he also, you know, I I, I don't think the coach liked him. Um, not not like as a person, but I don't think the coach was a fan of of the player. And so, you know, under a different coach, I think that there is always um, some intrigue in terms of how a player is going to look and mm-hmm. and what that might look like. Um, and, and Rooney did have a good camp. So, you know, I, I, I don't know. Um, uh, I don't know 100% that, you know, it, it is clearly going to work and, and there's no doubt that he needs to be in the lineup. But at the very least, I think it's um, – you know, I, I think that there's an argument to be made that especially if there's a center ice opening, if they trade Lindholm, that Rooney has a chance to, to play games this year. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, other than that, um, I'm glad we got the W. And, uh, you know, congrats to Shillington for getting in his first pro game. A uh, long time coming for sure. O- over 20 months, I guess. Yeah, just, just uh, under 20 months. Yeah, so congrats to him. Um, I, I wish the best for him, and uh, that's about it, buddy. Good to uh, good to chat with you as always, Parse. We will uh, talk soon, my man. You betcha. Take care. You too. And uh, one more call before we wrap things up on the phone lines tonight. It is Al with us following a 6-2 win over the Arizona Coyotes. What's going on, Al? No, I was entertained again, so that was good. Good. Uh, yeah, I wanted to ask you, Pat. Uh, like, I, I think, uh, like with Conroy and Hatska, they got a real good relationship. I think it's I'm the GM, you're the coach, and it, it seems to be working. I, I was just wondering further up though with uh, Dan Maloney and how 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 he fits in with Conroy. I, I don't have any idea. I thought you might, or and then even from there between 
Murray Edwards and Dan Maloney, how it goes there. Because my thought is that Murray Edwards has to have Dan Maloney in his office and say, Dan, who owns this team? First of all, first of all, I don't want, I don't want to. It's it's Don. Just want to make sure that we. It's Don. Don okay. Yeah, yeah. So what? Okay. I, yeah. Thanks. That's all good. Yeah. Well, anyway, he's just say, you know, uh, uh, Don, I, I want to. You know, I'm the owner, and uh, I just want one thing. I want a Stanley Cup for Calgary. And I said, and I hired you. You're doing a good job. Go out and finish it. But that's got to go down the line. And I'm just wondering if. If it does, like, is that what's the relationship between Conroy and Maloney? Uh, like, is is Maloney does he have to cross off, uh, you know, a big trade or something like that, or is it's Conroy on his own? He does his job. Well, I, you I know, think, what are your thoughts on that? I, I think that I mean, look, first of all, um, Murray Edwards has final say on anything he wants to have final say on because he's the owner of the team, right? And and okay, well, I yeah, know, but that's the, that's the problem, though. That, that, I, that, I, know, and I was just be- about to say, I know that that is not something that a lot of people like to hear, um, but that is, and, and I don't really think that in and of itself is all that different. I think that well, and just hold on, just hold on. I don't think that that is all that different than other sports teams i think lots of owners um have final say on things nhl and otherwise um i I just think there is a differing extent as to what that looks like i do believe right now that craig conroy has the full keys to hockey ops in terms of where this team is going and yes maloney is technically his superior as as president of hockey operations and and is kind of but in a lot of ways that is kind of the buffer or the liaison between John Bean and and upper upper management, like business wise and ownership to hockey ops is is a big part of what Don Maloney's job is is all about too. So I I do I do fully believe and and I I do think that Craig does have the full keys to hockey ops. With the caveat okay, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's there's always yeah. going to be situations where whether we love it or not, and whether you love it or yeah. not, Al, yeah. that, that you know, yeah. Murray Edwards oh, yeah, is no, going to be consulted about certain things, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah but you, you got to have a good relationship there to have a good, you know, good running franchise and long-term, otherwise it turns into a bit of a... Uh, you know, a little bit of a circus, really. And it's best to let everybody just do their job and trust them and, and not say if they don't do their job, you fire them. If they do their job and do their best, well, you just you have one big happy family. One thing I'd say with the Flames is that I, I, I see them really keeping their flame, their game, it's simple. And I, and I think that's just translating into a lot of things or – their uh, their transition to offense now is getting better, and they get a few wrinkles. But I think that's biggest reason for their success in the last little while is that transition like that. And no injuries, they're fresher, they're you know taking less penalties. I think, and and I I just think it uh, you know the team is is doing real well right now. I'm really uh, I I think they got a shot of making the playoffs still. I really it's gonna be a long haul. It's gonna be a tough one, but I I think they can do it. Uh, I often wondered why why I, I kind of like this team. I, I thought about it, and I thought the reason I like them, I think they're mentally tough down to a man. They're like that, and I think Huberdeau is one of the toughest guys on that team, you know, mentally. And Markstrom as well. He's I think he's a great leader as a goalie. I, there's there's you know not many goalies in the league can can lead, and he's one of them. Backstrom's done a good not Backstrom Backstrom's done a great job as captain. Yeah, done really well. 
Anyway, I appreciate your show, and thanks for uh, bringing me up to speed on that Maloney and Edwards thing because I, I had no idea I was going, and that helped a lot. Hey, uh, I'm 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 happy to help, and good to hear from you, Al. You be yeah. well. We'll talk soon. Hey. Okay, you take care, Pat. You too. And that will wrap us up on the phone lines tonight, wrap us up on the text line tonight. Great stuff, as always, uh, with you chiming in following a 6-2 Flames win over the Arizona Coyotes here on this Thursday night. As uh, we get to tonight's final summary, here's how we got to a 6-2 final for the Flames tonight. Flames never trailed. They opened the scoring early and just rolled from there. 20 seconds in at Mullet Arena, Michael Backlund made it 1-0. Backlund's ninth of the year from Blake Coleman, and the Flames were in business. Then a shorthanded goal from Yegor Sharangovich makes it 2-0. Flames is 15th from Coleman and Mackenzie Weger at 6:37. A minute 19 later, Rasmus Anderson made it 3-0 with his seventh from Nazem Kadri and Weger at 7:56, and just like that, it was 3-0 Flames. Arizona gets one back at 13:44. Lawson Krause gets his 17th from Nick Bukestad and Matias Michelli. And uh, Coyotes in business on the score sheet, except that 14 seconds later, Blake Coleman crushed any Coyotes momentum with uh, his 18th of the year. Coleman finishes off a three-point first period with his 18th. Chris Tanev, Noah Hannafin, the assist at 13.58. Flames up 4-1. That would spell the end of Carol Vamelka's night as he gets pulled after allowing four goals on 12 shots. Flames up 4-1. Second period, Arizona gets one back. Clayton Keller scores to make it 4-2. His 15th, Keller from Logan Cooley and Michael Kesselring at 144. Coyotes back within two, but that's as close as they would come. Third period, Flames get two more from the same guy. Yegor Sharangovich with his 16th of the year, 58 seconds in at 5-on-5. Makes it 5-2. Jonathan Huberdeau and Elias Lindholm the assist. And then on the power play, Sharon Govich completes his second career NHL hat trick with his 17th of the year. It was Lindholm and Huberdeau assisting at 7.06 on the power play to get us to our 6-2 final score. Final shots were 35-32 in favor of Arizona. Flames go 1-3 for three on the power play. Arizona 0-1 with the man advantage. Three stars tonight. Number three, Jonathan Huberdeau. Number two, Blake Coleman. And number one, Yeager. Or Sharon Govich with the win. Calgary improves to 19, 18, and 5. They're back in action Saturday on the road in Vegas, while Arizona drops to 20, 18, and 2. They're back in action Saturday on the road in Minnesota. That's your final summary now for everyone involved in Flames Hockey tonight for our broadcast crew of Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson, and for our outstanding producer, Azam Ali Nanji. My name is Pat Steinberg. That'll wrap us up on our Flames Talk postgame show which is available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. Next up is Saturday night for an 8 o'clock face-off. Flames and Vegas Golden Knights will be on the air Saturday night, 7 o'clock with your Calgary Flames warm-up. Have yourself a wonderful rest of your week and have a wonderful uh, wonderful Friday as you go into the weekend and if you're in Calgary just friggin stay warm it is absolutely freezing in this city your final score from Mullet Arena in Arizona tonight Flame 6 Coyotes 2 this has been your Flames Talk post game show available wherever you get your podcasts and this has been Calgary Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960 The Fan